Penn State Conversations is a podcast hosted by the Alumni Society Board's Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. This monthly podcast will discuss key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this month's Penn State Conversation. All right, welcome everybody to the second episode of Penn State Conversations, hosted by the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Young Alumni Council. I'm your host, Jessica Quinlan, and today we'll be tackling one of my favorite topics, the do's and don'ts of resumes. Brief background on me, I'm a Penn State public relations graduate from the class of 2010. I've been working in sports marketing and events for the past seven plus years in and around New York City. Currently, I'm the marketing director at NFL On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Here with me today, I have looped in my very good friend, former college roommate, and fellow Penn Stater, Melissa Bachman. Melissa also graduated in 2010 with a degree in advertising. She currently works as marketing manager at Clark Associates, a food service equipment and supply dealer based in Lancaster, PA. I've asked her to join me today for this conversation because not only has she been on both sides of the interview table, but she's super creative and a great resource for developing your personal brand. So thank you for joining me today, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Um, so we'll, we'll jump right in to this topic because I think it's something that will be truly helpful for a lot of our students and folks looking to enter the workforce. Um, and I really do believe that so much of whether you get a job rides on that first impression. And there's, there's just so many things we could talk about here. We'll try and keep this really, really big picture. I remember even, you know, senior, junior, senior year, I guess probably even earlier when we started applying to internships, Mm -hmm. you and I looking at resumes together, trying to make super creative resumes. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling like, as you said, so overwhelmed. I'm like, what do we put on it? What do we not put on it? What's too much? What's not enough? How do we stand out? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I saw... yeah. yeah, I think that's a big thing, especially like for the creative fields. Um, you know, you really want to try and put your own spin on it um, and not just have like a template um, from Word type resume. Um, so that was probably, um, you know, in college, one of my biggest struggles was um, being able to have something that is creative and shows a little bit of personality, um, but is still you know, a business document and readable. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember definitely taking going down the creative path together. And I guess one of my first things I would offer up to people is really take your time on the first one. <laughs> Don't expect like, you see a job to apply and you can whip one out overnight. Um, because I want to say it definitely took me a strong month to come up with something that I liked and I was comfortable with and just like repre- I thought represented me well. Um, but definitely I would, I would put that out there. How is, give us some insights. How is your resume laid out? Um, well, right now I just have my education at the top, um, and then skills, um, where I kind of bullet point, um, kind of the major highlights, um, and then getting into professional experience. Um, and then I have a related experience section, um, and then award section at the bottom. And do you ever change the order of those objects based on what you've applied to in the past? Um, I don't typically change the order. Um, 
I didn't always have a skills section on my resume. Um, so that's something that I have added kind of after reading a lot of resumes um, to kind of just cut through, you know, all of the bullet points under um, each particular experience and just kind of highlight um, the major things that can be applied to um, the job that I'm applying for. I do, of course, tweak um, the items that are actually on my resume. Um, and then I do typically add um, an objective um, statement at the top, um, depending on what job it is and tweak that um, as well. That's so interesting. And that was one of the questions on my list. Do you believe in having the objective up top? And you're saying yes. What kind of, what do you include in your objective? Is it solely based on where you're applying or is it really more of a personal statement? Yeah, I do typically try and um, alter it to really um, apply for the job that I'm applying for. Um, So looking at um, the job description, what are they looking for? and give them, you know, showing them that I am looking for um, what they have to offer. Um, I don't think it's a deal breaker to not have an objective, um, but I think it does kind of make your uh, resume a little bit more personal um, and show um, the employer that you are um, just not sending out um, a mass resume um, to it like a mass list um, so that you are actually personalizing it and um, you know about their company. Very cool. That's great advice. Um, so I'm envisioning your resume right now. So you go kind of go chronologically down. You do lead with education and um, my God, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. So I, I, I kind of waver back and forth whether I lead with experience versus education, and I'll tell you why. Um, I kind of remember my original degree at Penn State, which was journalism and the inverted pyramid and how short everybody's attention span is. So I tend to lead with Penn State, especially and most definitely when I know I'm applying to Penn Staters, Mm -hmm. which I've definitely done before. Sometimes when I'm applying somewhere very within a specific industry, if my most recent, my most recent role or my couple most recent roles, um, are really applicable to where I'm going or where I'm looking to be, I'll lead with them only because I, I really don't have faith in people reading my entire <laughs> resume. Um, and Penn State is de- obviously everybody who's listening to this, you definitely want to have Penn State on your resume because not only is it catch people's eyes, but it's definitely a validation that you had a um, just a great education. Uh, but yeah, I do. I, I, I'm full transparency. I do change mm-hmm. very frequently how I, how I order <laughs> the items on my resume. Um, when you said skills now, tell us a little bit more about what, what those are and what you include in your specific skills section and, and how you lay it out. Is it words? Is it icons? What do you, what do you kind of do? Yeah, I just have, um, a bulleted list. Um, so some kind of overarching skills like project management, um, marketing planning, um, team recruitment and management, um, branding. But then I also include, um, specific programs that I'm familiar with. Um, like Marketo is our marketing automation software that we use at Clark. Um, all of the uh, Adobe suite, um, the Microsoft, um, office suite, um, that type of thing as well. 
No, that's awesome. And I definitely, having interviewed a couple graphic designers or people with graphic design background recently, um, that's definitely helpful because those are things that aren't kind of optional, their needs. So when they jump out and you know they have them, you feel like definitely an immediate sense of comfort or like, okay, this person's somebody I definitely want to talk to. What, um, going back to kind of how you stand out from that giant pile of resumes that comes in, do you have any advice or recommendations to college students and new alums looking to have their resumes stand out? Um, standing out. Definitely having um, some good experience under your belt, um, whether it be getting involved um, in uh, extracurriculars in college, um, getting those internships. Um, I think that's how um, at least when I'm weeding out resumes, uh, those that really were involved and, um, you know, did a lot during school and didn't just um, take classes and be done with it. Um, that's, those are the candidates that really do stand out to me. And do you, are you kind of a on the field of like include it all or is it just relevant or just what you can fit on the pa- the first page? Um, I think that kind of changes as your career changes. Um, so we're just coming out of college. Um, I use pretty much the role, just include everything um, from college on. Um, but then, you know, as you get a little bit more seasoned, um, I think you can kind of start cutting it out. Um, if it's something completely uh, unrelated, uh, that's something you can probably leave off if you know you have enough to um, show that yes, you were really involved. Um, you know, maybe your intramural sports don't need to be on there. Um, <laughs> but um, I always think it's good to show. Um, I've had a I've had applicants that um, they just have you know their college education. They don't have any active their any any activities. They don't have any jobs listed. Um, but if they do, you know, by chance get into the interview process and we kind of ask them about, um, you know, what they're doing, what they were doing during school. And, you know, they tell me they were working, you know, two or three different jobs. They were waitressing. Like, put that on there um, because that shows that, um, you know, you're doing something, you're working hard. Um, so I think that's something you should definitely include, even though it not it may not relate to the job that you are applying for. It shows you have good work ethic. Awesome. And did you, and just because I think it's so tied to this community, how do you feel about a philanthropy section on your resume and have you ever had one? Um, I haven't had one um, specifically. Um, I do list my involvement in THON um, under just related experience. Um, But yeah, um, I would definitely throw it on there if you had involvement. Yeah, I'm with you. I think when I started building resumes in college and I needed to fill space, I definitely called it its own yep. thing. And I yep. and I really called Thon out. And I, it's definitely something that people immediately ask me about mm-hmm. um, in interviews. And I think especially if you don't have that much on your resume, if you're still young, people are just looking to get a sense of who you are as a person. Okay. So <laughs> philanthropy, if you are active in the Thon community or in the Blood Drive or in the American Red Cross or Habitat for Humanity, you know, those are things that show a skill set, an interest, um, a desire to give back, and and giving back is really important to a lot of companies these days. So, um, 
as well as just defining who you are and showing people what you're really about. So definitely if you can fit it, you know, fit it somewhere and call it out in whatever way you, you deem appropriate. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'm looking at my notes here. Is it too early? Can you dive into your top three do's and don'ts of resumes? Sure. sure. Um, three is going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> I read a lot of resumes. Um, so some do's. Um, I get a lot of people that don't include their GPAs. Um, and it just, it stuns me when I am interviewing someone um, and I ask them what their GPA is and they tell me it's a 3.9. I want to just like shake them. I'm like, why is that not listed on your resume? Um, so my kind of rule of thumb is over three, um, you should list it. Um, under three, you know, you, you may be better off just leaving that off. Um and I think it kind of depends on your major as well um, for that. But that's something that I definitely would do. My next do um, is not everyone, it, you know, this isn't just resume. Um, a lot of companies are hiring through, you know, some type of portal, um, some type of website where it's not just uploading a resume. Um, my biggest um, thing that I just eliminate candidates based on is not following instructions. Um, so, you know, ours is a really simple um, application, you know, name, uh, school, um, salary requirements, uh, then there's a spot for um, your cover letter and your resume. Um, but I get a lot of people, I've had someone that spelled their name wrong in <laughs> while they were typing it in. Um, I've had so many um, for my uh, graphic design positions that I hire for. Um, I ask for a link uh, to your portfolio site. Um, and probably 75% um, of applicants don't give me their portfolio. Um, so really, as you're applying to jobs, read uh, the application, read the job posting, make sure um, you're checking over everything. Um, I've applied for a lot of jobs that have, you know, lots, lots more questions and, you know, spots for you to answer. You really have to take those sections um, and proof over them as you would your resume as well, because that, you know, they are reading all of that. So I'm going to jump in here and say that you and I kind of overlapped here. Other than following directions, which I think is such great advice, my number one was proofread. Mm -hmm. So apologize if I'm stealing your thunder. Oh, no. Proofread, proofread, proofread. Spelling errors, I feel like I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. um, and don't just proofread it yourself. Please ask somebody else to proofread it for you. A couple people, give them time, let them read it. I have to be very honest. I'm... 30 years old, my mother still proofreads my resume every time I send it out <laughs> because she she's the best grammar wizard I know. Um, and I swear she sources it to two other people because she's so self-conscious <laughs> about it. Um, but proofread, 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 because if you're not checking your work that you're submitting me to best show an example of yourself, I know you're definitely not going to be checking your work when you start working in this role. So that's like a total no-go for me. Mm -hmm. um, but continue, keep giving us the rest of your list. Sure. Um, my next one is um, writing a cover letter. So not um, exactly part of a resume, um, 
but still uh, we have a portal that we use to manage um, all of the applicants and it's a shared um, portal through all of Clark um, and a lot of applicants will apply to both my job and other hiring managers jobs and the number one I see um, thing I see is people um, being eliminated with a no, no cover letter. Uh, so if you ask for a cover letter, <laughs> upload the cover letter, don't just leave it blank. Um, it kind of gives the impression that you, know, you don't really care, um, you're lazy. Um, so don't give that impression. <laughs> Do you ever even read applicants that don't submit them? If I'm desperate, <laughs> um, <laughs> so if I'm, you know, looking for a position that um, I'm having a lot of issues with, uh, maybe I'll read it. Right. Um, but otherwise, typically, it, I don't even re- read the resume. Um, the cover letter is kind of the first thing, and if it's not there, um, they usually get eliminated. Yeah, very, very much agreed on my end as well. Um, awesome. One other kind of one that may kind of differ for different companies, um, but it's something that I do look at. Um, I mean, my company is based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, There's not a whole lot of people that are actually going to want to, you know, move out to to Lancaster (laughs) to work here. Um, So... If you, I get resumes from California, Kentucky, with no mention of, you know, they actually want to relocate to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, So that's just something to kind of be wary of if you are applying to um, jobs outside um, of where your hometown is and where your school is. Um, That's something that Um, It's just for our company, at least, um, an entry-level candidate. It's just not worth the hassle of trying to figure out the logistics um, with, you know, moving out to the area. So that is something that we do actually look at um, and eliminate candidates based on. Location. That's a great one, too, and I wouldn't have even thought to mention that, but it is really important, and especially at the, the entry level where you don't necessarily have a relocation budget or budget to, to help somebody move across the country unless you have a super niche skill set, yep. which unfortunately, in most ways, <laughs> communications isn't. Um, there's a lot of us out there, so you're all in a really competitive market. Uh, and... I I, want to say one tactic I've used or something you should consider is if you're still at school and you're going to plan to move home or you can move home, you know, and you're looking to jobs in and around that area. For me, that was New York. Use your use your home address. Mm -hmm. Use an address close enough to show that, hey, I can do this in easy commute. You're not going to have to pay me to relocate or, hey, I know the area well enough that I'm not a fish out of water, which is a really popular one in New York. Mm -hmm. We used to say that if you if you weren't local, we had to give you like a three month grace period to just not be overwhelmed to live here. Um, so that's a, that's an awesome piece of advice. Definitely. That's my list. <laughs> that's it. That's your dues. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at my list and I, I, a big one I have or that I think I struggle with, and maybe it's because my career has been semi one vein being careful in your word selection on your resume so that not every line reads the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't coordinate everything. You can't manage everything. 
You can't organize everything. <laughs> a thesaurus can be your friend, and it's still a struggle for me because a lot of times I feel like the verb I use to describe things, like I'm really trying to get into the meat of like the nouns and adjectives to tell you about it, mm-hmm. but the verbs could all be the same. So either consider a structure where you don't need to vary your verbs or be really creative and take some time and come up with some different word choices that imply all the skill sets that you're describing. Um, But I've definitely read many a resume where every line says, manage this, manage this, manage this, manage this. um, And it drives me bonkers. Uh, And I think my last do is something we've kind of talked about, but, you know, definitely consider a unique design and layout especially because my most recent jobs that I've hired for have been graphics related. Mm -hmm. Those immediately jumped out. If you're applying for a a marketing position, an ad position, a graphics position, if it's not interesting, I really had no patience for it. Like a a word doc for, for a graphic designer was just not going to cut it. Um, I, on the other end of the spectrum, the more traditional, the role, the more traditional you may want to consider making the resume. So just kind of be mindful of that and tailor it to that. I've had um, people look at my resume and said, Hey, that's really cool. Or I've had people look at my resume and say, wow, this is kind of like implying it was a little bit flowery or over the top. Um, so you really have to judge your audience, judge the role and just make sure you're doing something that makes you stand out in a good way to them. Um, yeah. So I would definitely agree with that. Um, hiring graphic designers, I've gotten my fair share of very interesting um, resumes. Um, I've gotten, you know, a lot with, you know, a picture of the applicant, you know, right on the resume, um, which I don't <laughs> recommend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you kind of have to um, play to the role that you're applying to for sure. A hundred percent. So let's jump into my favorite, the don'ts. I've got some winners, so I can't wait to hear what you have here. Yes. Um, well, this one we kind of went over a little bit. Um, not leaving off work experience um, just because it's not related to the job. Um, So that's something, you know, I think it's important to show um, not to have those big gaps on your resume um, and to really show that you, um, if you were working during school or during summers, um, that you, you know, were doing something um, because that looks better than nothing. Um, and I think to explain, I mean, you guys are still young in your careers, but explaining the gaps, we yep. interviewed somebody recently that had a gap and the person who's interviewing with me caught it. I didn't. Um, and so we kind of got the applicant to talk about it. We had to figure out how to, how to understand, um, cause we were hiring him to a director level role. And I think he paused at one point and was like, I'm going to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. I taught skiing for two years out in Colorado and mm-hmm. I lived the dream and I've been in the workforce for four years since, but out of college, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, that's okay. Everybody's out there exploring. And we, we actually liked him and thought he was very relatable. We're like, oh, that's that's super cool. Um, and I'm glad he told us because we would have thought, you know, he just fell off the face of the earth for two years. <laughs> so definitely, definitely ex- explain those. Um, and if there's a cool, artful way you can do it on the resume, great. If not, hope you get to that interview and, and don't be shy and not explaining it because if people notice it, they're, they're always assuming the worst. <laughs> Definitely. Um, my next one, um, 
is lying about your skills or embellishing. Um, it's, you know, if you, I get a lot of resumes that, you know, they'll actually um, kind of do a little scale um, in on their uh, Adobe skills or their Microsoft skills. Uh, well, if you give yourself an eight out of 10, um, I imagine you have more experience than, you know, you put together a newsletter one time for your college class. <laughs> um, okay. So be expected to be able to back up your skills. Um, and yeah, don't embellish um, because it's going to end up biting you um, in the end. Um, so that's something I definitely would not do. You know, be careful because the world is a really small place. I've had people write that they've worked certain events and then I've later learned out from colleagues and good friends like, no, I turned this person down or they only worked one day out of 20. Um, so just... Yeah, be super truthful on your resume. You don't want to be caught in a bad position because that kind of reputation sticks with you for sure. Definitely. Um, and my last one um, was actually one of your do's, the opposite. Um, <laughs> was don't, don't be repetitive. Um, so, you know, if you had um, a, you know, a skill that you did um, in multiple jobs, try and keep it so... You know, you list it once um, and not just keep talking about the same things over and over again um, as I'm reading down your resume. Um, I'd rather it be short um, and to the point than be reading things that is going to lose my interest and I'm just going to stop. Um, so I would kind of cut all that out. For sure. And ironically, your last don't um, segues me into mine, which is don't feel like you need to tell me everything about your life. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen some pretty interesting resumes recently. And the one that kind of stopped us in our tracks had a hobby section. And hobbies are great. Everybody has them. And if they really apply to where you're, <laughs> um, where you're looking, I think definitely try and work that in. Like, you know, in the past, I've applied to jobs at New York Roadrunners. I'm a runner. So I always tried to work in that I was running. So they thought I'd like fit within the culture. Mm -hmm. But the last one I saw recently had something along the lines of hobbies, arranging play dates for dogs. And <laughs> I, I, we read it so many times, hoping that we were going to read the words in a different order. And if we didn't, and I just kind of scratched my head. And when one of our executives got it, she said, well, you know, this, this must be a millennial thing. And I was like, she's a little, no, <laughs> no, this isn't a millennial thing. This is not, it's not okay. So we appreciate the effort in standing out and being creative, but make sure that, you know, it makes some kind of sense to belong on your resume and isn't going to leave everybody in the room scratching their head. Like, really, this is what you included. Um, and don't think that you need your resume to be so long. If you're coming out of college, you resume probably should just fit to one page or three quarters of a page. Don't feel like you need to fill two pages and only go to two pages if you really go at least halfway down that second page. Um, because nine times out of 10, I don't think people really even get there until maybe you're in an interview and they're skimming through. So really make sure you're starting with the most important stuff. Um, Awesome. Thank you, Melissa, for joining us. I hope I hope this was helpful for everybody. Um, and stay tuned for the next installation of Penn State Conversations. We'll talk to you guys soon. Penn State Conversations are presented by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board. 
the Alumni Society Board aims to help elevate the stature of the college through dialogue with faculty, students, the dean, and associate deans. And the Young Alumni Council aims to foster a strong connection between young alumni and the college to inspire lifelong support and involvement. For more information or to learn how you can get involved, please visit belisario.psu.edu slash alumni.